0: No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for
1: details. This week on Barca Talk, it's all about El Clasico, including my trip to Montreal to enjoy the game with the Club Blaugrana to Montreal. We do have some great news from the Houston Cougars and our FCB Camp Scholarship Fund, but then we break down the match. So let's talk. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Barca Talk. Brian Henderson here, recording and coming to you from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Bienvenue. And joining me from Madrid, Spain, is Gabriel Quiroga.
0: Brian, Brian, my Barca brother from another
1: mother. How's it going? It's going better now. This, was, this is the El Clasico edition, which is normally a big episode for us. And it was almost the missing persons edition because, because we had been talking Uh, briefly after the match and then radio silence from you. I I heard nothing and then I'm like, are you okay? Still no response. (laughs) And then I went ahead and recorded an entire episode, but it it was about a half an hour long and it was just me talking and it was horrible because I wasn't prepared to do that by myself. So I'm really glad that you woke. Did you fall asleep or what happened? So I apologize. I've had a long day.
0: I I went to the tennis tournament here today and it was sun and booze. And then we went to the restaurant to watch the Classico. And of course, it just continued with more booze. So
1: I had a little mini nap. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's 3 a.m. and you are ready to go. It's 3 a.m. <laughs> uh,
0: fortunately or unfortunately, I. Do not have to be at school tomorrow. So
1: I'm ready to record this podcast just for you, Brian. Oh, good. And well, and mainly for our listeners, because I cannot (laughs) cannot impress upon our listeners enough just how bad my solo episode was. It was really horrible. So I'm glad you're here. Let's get into it. El Clasico. Okay. There are a couple other things that we're going to uh, touch on briefly around the middle of the episode, but let's just dive in. Okay. Right? So there were actually a couple of things that I wanted to talk about as far as the lead-up, but I want to give you a chance to to start off with your initial feelings, initial reactions.
0: So I think this was the most um, – what's the word I'm looking for? most boring Clasico I've ever seen in my life. Really? Like, in the last 20 years because, you know, the thing was – there was nothing to play for. And having that just, expect, you know, like uh, Ronaldo came off at the halftime. You know, right. like these type of things normally don't happen in a real Clasico. So all these um, lead up to it, you can make whatever you want, but it, all in all, it just didn't mean anything. So the, and they played like, was it, watch- is what you're exactly. saying. Exactly. They both played like it, right? Yeah. Like just, they just played like an exhibition match. Yeah.
1: <laughs> And that's, This is the so International right. Champions assume, Cup rematch.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly, right? And that's the thing is that when I was watching at the bar, everyone was, you know, wanted a good match and so forth. But at the same time, I knew it was just going to be a tie. I just knew it because I just felt like both teams didn't want to really do anything. And both teams didn't want to, like, press and really go for it or take risks. And I knew as soon as um, we went up two one, we were okay. And your boy
1: Sergio Roberto, oh my gosh, uh, it was it, it was a roller coaster of emotions with Sergio Roberto. <laughs> for me, I, I was very despondent at halftime. I can tell you that,
0: dude. What is this deal lately with these red cards? And I know, and I know. Okay, hold on. So this 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 play, for example, was not uh, so you know, so clear cut, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I know, like, for example, when I watched the replay, the replay they showed, it didn't show anything clear cut. So if anything, you should have got a yellow card. The ref was not right there where Sergio Roberto, I mean, do you think Sergio Roberto punches anyone? No. And
1: He usually doesn't. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. And Marcelo just played it up big time, you know? Yeah. For me... Man, we being a man down, but then when we scored the goal, I thought that, okay, it's going to be a tie game, and we'll we'll get the points from this.
1: Yeah, well, and you were right, so congratulations on making that prediction. Uh, now, Thank before you. we actually, I want to go through the the match, at least certain key moments, sort okay. of chronologically, but before we do that, I do want to talk about pre-match things, because there were two stories that were a little bit hot, they were remaining hot, for better or worse going into the match and of course the first one is the the passia story right i mean the, the yeah. media kept stoking the fire of this and we've talked about this before about how it's essentially pretty it's petty right on both yeah. sides the whole back and forth like well you didn't give us the guard of honor when we won the club world cup well we weren't in the club world cup well you're not getting a guard of honor at the classico so yeah So it's basically everyone being petty but I do feel like in the moment I I felt like there is something to it and I wonder if this is going to be – if this is the beginning of sort of like a new era of extra hostility between the clubs. I mean there's always like a baseline amount of hostility, right? Like is this going to lead to something more, an escalation in the future? No, I I don't think so. I just think that, like you said, it's it's just a pissing
0: contest, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's just you know, obviously Real Madrid didn't give us the pasillo this time, but who knows what's going to happen next season, right? And for me, it's such a non deal. Like, great, it would have been nice for them to do it for us because we want a Liga, and obviously just the. Written rule of that, but again, it's an unwritten rule. So
1: it's a tradition. it's not written
0: it's a- in the Jedi Yeah, exactly. It's not written in the Jedi text. I just saw the last Jedi, by the way. Oh, okay. And and so like yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is the thing, is that like I understand their point of view, Real Madrid's point of view, but at the same time, I thought they would be better than that. But at the same time, I really don't care. So <laughs> We just move on, we won the, you know. We just won the two trophies. We won the Copa del Rey and La Liga, and that's fine. And I'm good with that. If they don't want to respect us this
1: way, we can't change their minds. True, and that actually leads me right into the other story. It was slightly, it was a little less hot, but more interesting to me actually, because it's one of those debates that, of course, you know, depending upon what side you're on or what club you're yep. supporting, it could go one way or the other. But the, for me, there's no. There's no debate about this. And the the topic is... Is it more impressive? Is it a bigger accomplishment to do what Barcelona did this year and win the double, particularly winning La Liga with an undefeated record with five games remaining? Or what Real Madrid has done in the Champions League? Of course, with the caveat that this is the third time they've been in a Champions League final in a row, which is impressive. I think they're they're both equally impressive. Like... I don't know why we have to choose
0: one, right? I don't I because don't this is a zero sum why. game. I understand, <laughs> you know, as a I know, I know that. I know that. But I you know, the whole thing is uh Real Madrid's run as third finalist is very impressive. But also us being undefeated through La Liga is equally as impressive. It doesn't have to be one is more impressive than the other. They're both very impressive records. If Real Madrid wins the Champions League, you know you have to give them credit. They they've been able to go through this tournament three years in a row and win the Champions League. That is unprecedented. But at the same time, us going through the Liga, through this eighty, you know, through the sixty game season, uh, going through with the points, being undefeated, is equally as impressive. You know, everyone here in Madrid, especially like in the sports shows. They've been asking Zidane, "What's more, what's what's harder to do, right? What's harder to do, the Champions League or La Liga?" And obviously, Zidane's like La Liga. So everyone's like, "Oh, La Liga, right?" <laughs> but for me, it's, it's it just depends on what you you know what you focus on. And Real Madrid, as we've seen. They focus on the Champions League, and that's just what it is for yeah, them. It's I just mean, more you would beneficial. Think that
1: the orders from the from the office have been pretty clear. Exactly. The marching exactly. orders are the Champions League is the thing. If you can win La Liga, yeah. great. If you can Copa yeah. del Rey, who cares? <laughs> yeah. But the Champions League is the thing. Clearly, those are the it's marching the orders from Pedes.
0: Exactly, and that's that's the thing, right? So. Both are impressive. And the thing for me is, you know, if if Real Madrid went to Champions League and we've won the Copa and La Liga, for me as a La Liga whole, I'm impressed with everything, you know. It just shows that La Liga still, again, is a better league than the other leagues in Europe. And I respect both of them, you know, the Champions League and uh, La Liga. But obviously I want us to do better in the Champions League against Roma. I still cry about this,
1: Brian. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And it is a it's so it, it is a real disappointment, right? Because we've had such a great season and it really came down to and I know that it's it's more complicated than this, but essentially it came down to one bad day. Exactly. And it puts an asterisk on on the entire season, which otherwise has been Amazing. I see. This is the other
0: thing. I wouldn't put an asterisk to it. You know, like it just happened. You know, this is the thing, you know, obviously we want to do better in the Champions League, but at the same time, I wouldn't put an asterisk on it. It happened. Uh, We still want two of the three and it's still a successful season. So for me, I don't put an asterisk. I just want next season that Val Green learns from this lesson and doesn't do the horseshit uh sitting of our players against Leganess when we have a big time champions league coming up that's
1: all yeah right we just hope that he learns that lesson at least now i'm gonna i'm gonna briefly talk about el Clasico in community terms because i am here in montreal i was here at the on the invitation of michael miller the president of the club blaugrana de montreal which I had a little bit of trouble saying earlier, and I'm glad I got it out this time. <laughs> uh, we met at McLean's Pub, which is their spot. It's a very cool spot, actually. I quite liked it. And I just I need to give a, a series of shout-outs, honestly, because okay, let's, everyone, let's who it, I, let's well, everyone who I came in contact with uh, for this event was fantastic. Of course, Michael was great, as always. It was wonderful to finally meet him in the flesh and shake his hand and talk to him. But also, there were some other members of the Pena. There was Karim, Usman, Gabriel, Mariana, and last but not least, I I cannot stress this enough, Destiny, my server at the pub who did a fantastic job helping not just me and serving me, but all the people that that she was serving in the club. She did a really bang-up job, and I promised her that even though she has no idea what was going on... (laughs) She knew that soccer was being yeah, played yeah. on uh, on the TV, and that we were very excited about it. I don't think she really paid attention to what club it was, and I. So obviously, I know she's not going to hear this, but I did tell her I'm giving you the shout out, and she's and she said, "Well, I'm glad <laughs> to at least know that I'm getting it." <laughs> So I give Destiny my Guard of Honor. Okay, that's good. So, so tell me a little. So tell great. me a little
0: bit about it. How
1: was it? Um,
0: everyone, did you have to sign autographs? Did you kiss babies? What, what what went on here in Montreal?
1: I did not have to literally sign an okay. autograph, but one person <laughs> asked to take a selfie okay. with me, which is kind of like the new form of getting. I, an I, I believe so. Okay, that's good. We have fans in Montreal. Nice, nice. So now yeah. we're like huge in Denmark and we're getting bigger in, in Montreal. That's what you're telling me. Totally. That's, that's, those are the two places that we really <laughs> want to focus all of our energies on. But <laughs> honestly, Montreal, it's so nice to be in a big city again because Buffalo is strictly speaking a city, but it's – it's it's on the smaller side. Yeah. It's a little bit provincial. I get to Montreal, and it's like, oh, I'm in a real big city. Just down the street from my hotel is the Museum of Contemporary Art, and right next to that is, I don't know, a concert hall or some kind of theater. I mean there's just so much culture and big buildings and tons of people around. I mean you live in Madrid, right? Yeah. So it's it's like that. yeah. Well, that's not like Buffalo. so it's really it was really fun.
0: Well, that's I mean, that's the thing. Right. So. So tell me about the environment. Was everyone into it? How like, you know, especially with this classical being that it was not that important in the grand scheme of things. Right. So were people just having a good time or was there tense moments
1: or what was the what was the feeling there? it wasn't tense yeah. and i think mainly that's probably because there was nothing to fight for on either side right yeah. we knew we'd already won the championship and then of course we want to have a, a good showing we don't want to we don't want to look foolish yeah. right we don't want it to be a, a super cup replay we don't want that and that's not what we got so there wasn't a lot of tension in the room most everyone was just having a good time. And then, of course, they were watching the game and they were engaged with the game. And, you know, of course, any call that went against us was bad and any call that went for us was good and and all that. The, the normal sort of thing. But it was a really fun, light atmosphere. I think everyone was m- mainly just relaxed and having a good time.
0: Nice. Well, I told you I went to tennis all day today. So I went to watch a little bit of tennis, a little bit of sun, a little bit of beer. And then I ended up in Malasanya in here in Madrid, which is one of the barrios here. And we went to watch the match. And again, I was watching with a lot of Real Madrid fans, but even they were very subdued, you know, because of the, again, there was no gain in any of this, right. you know. So it, it's, it's, it's one of those, uh, I can't remember the last classical like this, where it was very, it was almost exhibitional. You know what I'm saying? Right. It was almost like a summertime Classico from last year where it was just, there was no gain. Again, obviously, the result was two to two. And both teams, especially when Real Madrid equalized, I was like, that's it. They're not, no, both teams are not going to do anything. And that's it. And that was game over. So,
1: right. Everyone's going to be equally happy or unhappy. Exactly. With this. Exactly. and that, we'll take And it. that's how it was.
0: Right. So, Um, but you know, I'm jealous. I'm very jealous that you're able to head up with the Montreal Pena because, uh, my Madrid Pena here was, uh, pretty weak.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's surprising. Yeah. I mean, they, they came out in force. The pub was full of Barca fans and there were two or three Madrid fans sprinkled in. There was no animosity. Although I will say later on, I was after the match, I was just out on the sidewalk hanging out and i still had my jersey on someone drove by in a car and and yelled madrid at me <laughs> and i i jumped back and i was at, i was upset at first i was like w-? because i didn't even process yeah, what you yeah, yeah. had said i just i just thought it was someone being uh, a dick and just yelling at me just to yell something at a person and be a dick but when it when it finally processed in my brain that they were yelling madrid i thought oh that's kind of cool it's, again it's nice to be in a place where people care yeah yeah about this rivalry,
0: yeah, I I totally get you, but the, but at the same
1: time, um, all Madrid fans are dicks. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that was the other thing is uh, there was some some very nice, um, civil treatment of the Madrid fans, uh, and I even Michael wished uh, one of them, you know, wished wished him good luck for them in the Champions League uh, because. I mean I think here of course we have that little bit of remove from Spain and yeah. we acknowledge the rivalry, we take part in it, but it's not exact it's not in our blood in that same way. So we can be friends with people who, you know, support Real Madrid. I mean, I can't personally. But, <laughs> but Michael Miller can. But he Michael can. Miller can. Yeah, he can he's a great guy. I would not be at all surprised if Michael Miller becomes a politician, honestly.
0: Yeah. Amigos. Amigos de Madrid. That's how
1: we... (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Now, we're just about to break down the game, but I do want to take a slight break from that for a moment and finish up this uh, sort of community-based segment and tell you the good news. Have you heard the good news, Gabriel? Uh, Tell me more. Well, (laughs) let me tell you. Our FCB Camp Scholarship Fund, this idea that I had... Um, not that long ago, and we started raising money with the intent to try and send at least one young footballer to an FCB camp. And we worked with one of the Pena's here in the states. We we reached out to Victor at the Houston Cougars; he's the vice president of the Pena there to help us with the recruitment aspect and really make it more of a a local. Sort of thing, but we were here to try and promote it and promote fundraising, promote donations. And as of yesterday, we were at about $440 of a $500 goal to send one kid. But Victor had recruited these two kids who were siblings. And then today at their Classico viewing event, they held a raffle. They raised enough money to send both of them. So we're sending both Oscar and Christopher to the FCB camp. And, you know, Ray Hudson already said it in that video that he sent to them, but it bears repeating, well done to everyone who donated, all the people in the Houston Peña. Yes, well done. Thank you so much. And I want to continue to do this and do this again next year on an even bigger scale and involve more Peñas and get more kids to these FCB camps through this fund. Brian, 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 Brian. This is is – Fucking awesome! Like I, really? I, I did not
0: expect you went blue. I went blue. Well, first of all, I was <laughs> clapping first. Like we were on, uh, we're on video right now because I thought, you know, okay, we hit the first goal. But the second goal, oh wow, my mind yeah. is blown right now. Like that is fucking awesome.
1: Yeah, it was great, and uh, the kids were there along with their mother, Maria. They were at the event where they were watching the Clasico, and so I guess the, they they. They raised enough money just through this raffle. I don't even know what they were raffling off because Victor was a little uh, cagey on details, but <laughs> <laughs> they got it, man. They got it, and we're sending both kids to an FCB camp this summer. It's really exciting. Brian, virtual high five, my friend. Virtual high five. Boom. Wow. Wow, Boom. wow, wow, wow. We wow. did, it. Wow. We we did, did it, it, and the people in Houston
0: did it. Houston, so well done. Yeah, Victor, Houston Kool-Aid's bravissimo i mean that is amazing we get to send both those kids to have an amazing experience to of course learn from the best football team in the summer from the football camp that is man that brian you oh really God. hadn't heard this is genuine <laughs> surprise it is, I genuine. Like this. it is genuine surprise this is amazing <laughs> i feel so great and i feel so great for those kids and i just feel even better that we were able to put this all
1: together and brian great idea man awesome thank awesome. you awesome Thank you, and thank you again to everyone uh, everyone who donated, no matter where you are. But, yeah, definitely big ups to the uh, Houston Quillies community who showed up today and and brought the whole thing home. Now, also, finally, if you do have a question or a topic that you would like to hear us get into on the show, please drop us a line at barsatalk.net or leave a message on the phone line 716-795-2853. Now, again, I keep teasing it out. We're going to break down the match, but I just want to say briefly— Barca B and FCB Femini, real quick. Barca B lost 1-0 to Reus on Saturday. And Femini routed Rayo Bayacano 7-0 on Saturday. And what we're going to do is we're going to get into both of those in detail on our Thursday Extra, only on Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash barcetalkpod to become a supporter for $3 a month and check that out. Now, let's break down the match. Now, I do have – I'm going to start doing this, and if you really want me to stop, you can, you can say so. But here's a bit of trivia for you. Barcelona have not won a Clasico at the Camp Nou since 2015. That surprised me. I learned that this week.
0: Well, it makes sense because when I went to the Clasico in – I don't know when it was, 2015, 2016, they lost. And ah. I feel like we always perform better at the Bernabeu than we do at the Camp Nou. And also at the Camp Nou, I just feel like we're always the second half of the season where we're just we're just like, oh, we'll just play for the points, and that's fine. But man, this match was a bit of a snoozer, Brian. Well, yeah, more or less. There were only five big moments for me. Okay, so let's, let's break down your first moment, the Brian moment of the match.
1: Moment number one. Okay. Tenth minute, Suarez scores, opens up the scoring off of and this is why it was such an emotional roller coaster oh for gosh. me with Sergi <laughs> because the cross from Sergi f- for that goal was i thought quite beautiful
0: it was quite beautiful and the other thing too is <clears throat> when you can um call your own shot or call your own pass in that moment and the pass is delivered i feel like that is a moment and that's what happened your uh, Louis Suarez asked for the ball and Sergio Roberto saw him and gave him a perfect pass on the far post. And Luis Suarez was able to connect and give the lead for FC Barcelona one nothing to real Madrid.
1: Yeah. And again, it's moments like that, that remind you what makes Suarez such a good striker is how good he is on the volley, how good he is just with contorting his body and doing what he needs to do to, to get those hard shots in yeah
0: definitely and the other thing too is you know again with this formation I wasn't a fan at the beginning but at the same time obviously when they scored the first goal I thought okay maybe they would be able to get these points and uh, get some bullying around with Luis Suarez up front and obviously your boy Sergio Roberto with that that was just a really nice uh, crisp pass you know it was very just crisp. it was very crisp you know he bended around the defense and of course Suarez and Veron or not Suarez Veron, Ramos and Varane were not reacting at that moment it was on a counter and they were able to get the lead one nothing.
1: yeah absolutely beautiful and then of course second moment was only four minutes later when Real equalized and they returned fire with a goal from Ronaldo off of a headed pass by Benzema and I have to hand it to Benzema on that because, you know, four out of five strikers especially are going to just go for the shot. They're going to try and get it in goal. And Ter Stegen had it covered. Benzema saw Ronaldo coming in, and he instead headed the pass instead of the shot.
0: Yeah, this this for me was just lazy defense. I just feel like, you know, if we were more concentrated or more focused on this match— that play wouldn't have happened, but, uh, Benzema had a free run. He passed it back. And of course, Ronaldo being the poacher that he always is was able to get the goal right there on that pass from Benzema. But, you know, I thought it was interesting in this match, Brian, was that, uh, Zidane went with the BBC lineup, which he hasn't done, I think in the last five months or so. So, Um, What did you think about the BBC lineup tonight?
1: I thought, well, it's always a surprise this year when Bale plays because he hasn't been playing much this year. Uh, Of course, Zidane has shown a clear uh, preference, sometimes to his detriment, on on Benzema. But then again, Benzema is one of those players who really can deliver in those big games.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, I still think they still bring that kind of uh, ferocity, dangerous attacking play where it always keeps our defense on their toes. But I just thought it was interesting that Didon took this match, you know, the Classico, especially, like I said, it was kind of almost like a a grand exhibition match tonight to take the BBC once again, which hadn't been together in the last five months, it seems like. So, like I said, Brian, in the bar that I was watching the match, it felt so blah you know what i'm saying yeah. like like no one cared you should have been about in montreal past- man
1: it was, it was i should have been it. in montreal
0: <laughs> well <laughs> that's the thing you know and the other thing is it's so funny to me how you know i was in a bar i'm here in madrid and it's a very madrid-sided bar like that was the point of view and it's every time there was a foul against madrid these guys behind me were just like oh falta foul and i'm just like dude are these guys serious <laughs> like, like, yeah he called a foul yeah it's not like, not only that's part but like, of the game ease was up a foul everything was a yellow card for these guys or a foul sure Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and it was just so just annoying because i just like i feel like you know i'm obviously biased to barcelona but at the same time when i watch at a bar i'm very kind of conscientious of what's going on around me but these guys oh my god they were so annoying. i just i would turn to my friend i was like Oh, are these guys from Madrid or what? I just I don't get it.
1: The super fans, exactly, exactly. And every maybe time, these guys have their own podcast. Maybe they do. Where maybe they everything have, is just
0: Madrid. Yeah, maybe they have the Madrid Talk podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe <laughs> Madrid Talk. Yeah, they're just not as funny as us. I doubt it. Clearly, they they take things a little bit too seriously. Yeah. So what was what was your next Brian moment of the Classico? Oh, uh, this was this was the the heartbreak, and you you've already kind of talked about it. And what I am going to talk about is Sergio Roberto's ejection. You've already mentioned this actually, because what is so difficult for me, and if anyone who has been listening to this show all year long knows that I have a an abiding love for Sergio Roberto, and uh, he's you know he's the one I am looking for in the future to be like. I mean, he's already my guy, right? He's my boy, and here's the thing. I don't know who to be mad at about this play, but I am mad about it. I'm mad that he got ejected, but I don't know whether he actually committed a ejectionable offense. I don't know if Marcelo totally hammed it up. I don't know if the referee just completely made a bad call. I don't know who to be mad at. And that, and that makes me even more mad. So I would say it's all three, right? You know, right. like you, like you just said, because,
0: uh, there was no clear replay on what happened. And that's the and first I thing. And I watched, man. Right? I
1: saw, I watched every replay I could, and I could not pin it down. Exactly. And that's the
0: thing. Uh, Marcelo, best supporting actor since, you know, I don't know, Al Pacino <laughs> and Godfather 2? I don't know. <laughs> man, I, so Marce- Marcelo obviously overacted on that part, right? So he got the call. But at the same time, that was not, for me, a red card offense. You know, not – Not in the least, I think it was a yellow card. But at the same time, your boy, Sergio Roberto, lately is just flimsy with these (laughs) fouls. Really flimsy with these fouls. Like we talked about in the, I think it was two games ago, where he got the red card on the last play. And then this card, like... There's no gain. Like, why does he even throw the elbow or the fake elbow up there? There's just no gain with that.
1: Yeah, well, you know, Joe Dixon of the SF Pena chimed in on that. He responded about the last time we were talking about Sergio Roberto getting ejected. And he pointed out that it's it's been a really long season for him. He probably needs to be rested more. Uh, and it's, it's like getting to him. He shouldn't have been on the pitch. I, I don't think that's true for this game. I think he had plenty of rest for this game, and there's no there's no real reason. there's no gain from it absolutely. Uh, in the in the earlier one, I think I can kind of see uh, what Joe was saying about that, though, though I'm still you know disappointed about the whole thing. And I do wonder if uh, it, I wonder what's going on with Sergi. like, is he getting more frustrated about something off the pitch or within the squad in the locker room? I don't know, and we're I mean, you're the body language expert, you tell me I am the body language expert, and I could not <laughs> disagree more with Joe
0: because the thing is, um for me, it's just really bad defending, you know it has nothing to do with anything that's going on off the you know off the pitch or on the pitch. It's just really bad defending on these two moments, but at the same time, I just feel like you know Sergio Roberto should be smarter, more veteran because he's been through these type of plays, you know, and this I just felt like the whole Marcelo thing when I saw it and the way Marcelo just fell down, I was like, "Oh no." And when he got the red card, I was just like, "Seriously? Like you just can't especially in these matches. You just can't be a man down. It just puts too much pressure on, on the team." And it's just, you know, we saw what happened. We went up two to one. And since we were a man down, it just gives them more opportunities to continue to attack. And eventually they were able to tie it. So for me, I just think that Sergio Roberto just needs to learn from these mistakes. Obviously he's our number one right
1: back and Val Green has super trust in him. And I know you do too. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) But, and so mentioning how we did go up two one, even though we were a man down, that is my next moment which was in the 52nd minute when Leo Messi scored to go ahead with an assist from Suarez, even though we were a man down. And at that moment, I felt like, wow, maybe we could maybe we could take this. I
0: thought the same thing, too, because I thought maybe we were going to be able to be more
1: defensive.
0: But let's talk about that goal. Like, yeah, um, I don't know if let's you know, talk about that I don't goal. know. I don't know if you know, Brian, but Messi's pretty good. He's very good. <laughs> He's quite good. Dude, his first touch is ridiculous. I just – I still can't I, – I don't know. I just can't, um, like, show you or tell you how good that first touch is because what he did there in that first touch is just ridiculous because it's in through traffic. And the way he's able to control it, but then on top of that, able to get a clear shot on the goal – it's it's unprecedented, you know. And, and well, and not
1: me, only that, he had to create some space for himself. He had exactly. to set himself up for that, and then he took it without looking. Exactly, but it all begins with the first touch, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And
0: and to me, for the first touch of of Messi is just it's for me as a as a uh, former wannabe football player, I om, I'm always in awe of that because. As much as I always think how good I am with my first touch, I just don't compare with this guy. And the way he's able to do this time in and time out with his first touch to, to dead the ball, to do what he does, and then to create space and create that goal. I mean, I'm sorry, It's Brian, unreal. You're going to you're gonna put explicit marks
1: here. <laughs> Fucking unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that goal was... Yeah, but the first touch, that's the thing. Hey, have you ever... Um, have you ever heard of these uh, DVDs you can buy called Soccer You or Blast the Ball? They sound like a sham, but tell me more. Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe they are because when I decided that I wanted to start playing soccer when I was well into my 30s, I got those DVDs. <laughs> okay, tell me more. <laughs> Well, you know they are. They're actually very educational, and you know, for me, I'm I'm, an, I'm sort of an academic. Not really. I'm kind of a quasi academic, so I like to really do my research and do my homework, and then go out on the field and like work on my things. And since I didn't have a coach growing up, and I didn't really play a lot growing up, I I was sort of using these DVDs. But this guy uh, who make, who made these, he talks a lot for, for a fairly long period of time about the physics of ball flight and the physics of taking the energy out of a ball with your body and you know he talks about it and he explains it and he uses all of these visual aids and and these sorts of things and then you see it in action and then you do it and you realize okay yeah everything he was saying makes sense but it's one thing to have a good first touch when someone's giving you a nice ground pass Right, with like not a lot of steam on it. Yeah. It's another thing when the ball is coming in hot or it's coming in lofted to take everything out of it and put it exactly where you want it at your feet, like Messi does. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I studied kinesiology, right? So right. I
0: know about these things. And for me, you know, hand eye coordination, you know, when it comes down to basketball, uh American football, these type of things it's always easier to use your hands with any sport. however when you have to use your feet and a ball like it's just the the difficulty just goes up higher right and the way Messi's able to do that especially on this goal like that's how I'm always in awe of this guy because I know playing how difficult it is to control this round goddamn ball right (laughs) this round (laughs) simple ball right like uh, you know, we've I, for me. I always think of like um how when you pass a ball to someone and they're just not able to control their first touch, and it just goes out of bounds or it goes to the other team. And you're just you like, see it all the time, exactly. And you not only do you see it in like just recreational, but you see it in professional, right? Yeah, and the way Messi is able to always dead the ball, and not only dead the ball, but against Real Madrid, who is equally just as good as Barcelona. On paper, it's just, it's, it's, it just never gets old for me. And at the same time, I just, I'm in awe. Like every, when he scored the second goal, everyone in the bar was just like, huh. (laughs) Everyone just like, side. It's like, it's messy again. Like, what do you do? It's just, we had three guys on him and he still did this. Yeah, exactly. And, but, but see, it's almost the same thing with Ronaldo too. So, Ronaldo, you know, I'm, he's not my favorite player at all but i respect what he does and the same the same people that was watching the game when he scored the first goal to tie the 1-1 the same thing happened it's just he's always in the right movement and to me that's just as respectable as messi's first touch you know being able to find those creases where there's always going to be an opportunity to score a goal that that's something you just can't teach so for me you know, those two are just – it's unreal watching those guys. And especially when this classical – I know this classical we said is was a little bit of a yawn fest. But at the same time, you know, you see Cruz, Modric, uh, Busquets, Racketeer. It's just like the best players in the world playing in this 90 minutes, and I still love it so much.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, there was the – final goal the equalizing goal that made it 2-2 in the 72nd minute and I'm again I'm really glad that you um that you showed up to re- record this episode because uh Gareth Bale's uh, run and his finish was good but you have to give it up to Asensio for that through ball I thought even the vision for that is for that ball and the attempt you know the the willingness to even attempt it was brilliant and the execution was great and of course i know that would bring up your uh your issues with how we could have had asensio and we correct. didn't get him for a bargain correct
0: i was i was right about to say that too brian because um i
1: listen i pay I attention know, i know i know you
0: do. i know I, I know you listen to me you know um man, asensio is such a good player and i don't know what he does specifically that's so great but he just knows what to do and knows how to get open, you know, and also make the right plays and on the equalizing goal was just a nice pass that he gave to Bale. But man, I was, I was, I was exactly telling my friend the, today, I was like, we could add a his for 6 million. And we said, no, will you accept a payment plan? And they were just, and Mallorca was like, Mm, F you, we're not going to accept that (laughs) And then Real Madrid was like We'll just pay right now And they're like, okay, you have him And we could have had him And he would have been, Brian I think he definitely would have just given us that I don't know I I think he would have just given us that youth But also, not only youth But just like like that level above that youth right? Like just giving us that ability To really be competitive in those games Where he could have been a difference maker for us Asensio's exactly. future is very bright at real madrid he's a great player for them he knows exactly he has no fear and he's as we saw in the champions league he was able to score an amazing goal against Bayern, and here he was able to come in and just make the difference
1: yeah so can we pick a man of the match um i don't know for me i
0: i just don't think there was anyone that had a spectacular performance um did you have
1: someone that you picked for the man of the match no, I didn't. No. I'm I'm actually just trying to find a graceful way out of this topic and out oh, of this okay. episode. Well, to be I, I'm,
0: def- I'm looking at the who scored and the person that got the most points was Messi, obviously, sure. and Suarez was second. So Suarez, I think, did have a a good game. I I think I agree too. I think Suarez had a really good game. He was able to obviously score the goal, the first opening goal, and also just his presence in the box. But at the same time. I just feel like everyone, not just Barcelona players, but Real Madrid players were just kind of sleepwalking through this game just to get through it because again, there was
1: there was no stakes involved. No había partido. ¿sí? Yeah. I've <laughs> yeah. Been working on my uh, my bilingualness. Being in Montreal for a day has reminded me that I in theory know some French, but in uh, practice, I can I can speak very very little. Très bien. Yeah, exactly. You know, do you think about,
0: well, I thought about when I was watching this, I was, you know, thinking about the last maybe 15 years of Classicos. And every time there was always something, at least just, you know, pride or whatever. But I felt this one was the least uh, important Classico in the last 20 years. It was just, you know, both teams already had uh, mounted where they are in – you know the Champions League, La Liga, Copa del Rey, obviously we won both of those. But at the same time, I just felt like it was super exhibitional and unfortunately, you know, for La Liga and for us as as fans of football, you know, there was nothing really happened. Obviously your boy Sergio Rico got the red card, but yeah. Um, you know, I I feel like this season, you know, as a whole now, after we had this Clasico, has been a success, right? So we didn't lose to Real Madrid in the Clasico after the Supercopa. Uh, we were able to beat them in the Bernabeu. We tied them 2-2. Two to two. We've won the two league titles. So overall, you know, I'm happy with the season. And I'm happy with the direction we're going. And I just hope that Real Madrid loses to Liverpool. Go Liverpool.
1: Yeah, go Liverpool. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, of course, the Barca is going to be picking up the uh match day 35 i think on may 9th against villarreal so we'll pick up on that on thursday along with Barca b and fcb femini on our patreon thursday extra so become a supporter for three dollars a month at patreon.com slash barsa talk pod and of course we'll be back again next monday with the podcast as usual where we'll be able to talk about the levante match Thank mm-hmm. you. Barzatalk is written by Gabriel Quiroga and myself, Brian Henderson. The show is edited by Brian Henderson, and the music is also by Brian Henderson. Gabriel Quiroga is our promotion and social media manager, which means this is a two man show. Go ahead and be a part of it. Give us your comments, questions, topics you'd like us to discuss. Visit barzatalk.net and find the contact page or one of our social media channels. And if you want to support the show, click on the support tab at barzatalk.net to do that. Remember to subscribe, rate, review, and spread the word about Barca Talk. Until next week, I'm Brian Henderson. I'm Gabriel Quiroga. And this is Barca Talk. Thanks for listening. Visca Barca. Visca Barca. Sports Social Podcast Network.